one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering community for salt. This is the Howling Salt Mine. It's the Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast, the podcast where we delve into those salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community. Find the salty stories, the salty posts, those stories about you making your friends salty, the salty confessionals where you were too salty. We put them in our mind cart and we bring them right back up to you, our dear prospectors listening at home. As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. Say hey, guys. What up, what up, what up? Hello, everyone. There's like this grin spreading across your face while I was doing the intro, Tony, and I had to stop looking at you because yeah, I noticed it was like <laughs> shaking my confidence so bad. It's <laughs> like, don't look at him. Uh, <laughs> like that I can do that to you just with a glance. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, guys, you know, as foreman of the mine, an important trait is that we really need to understand what the various prospectors want and what they need. And mm. uh, lately... What that has been is more guest episodes. And frankly, we're happy to oblige. We're unionized. This is a great place to work, uh, the salt mine. We support labor rights. So this was requested by the union officers. And of course, we're going to oblige. It brings me great joy to say that we have our friend on today. You may know him. He is an actor, an accomplished author, a CDH innovator. Uh, he was a creator for the Stacked EDH channel an author of many CDH philosophy articles and the co-creator of the, uh, this is emphasis that I'm providing, the Clark Sakashima CDH deck. And he's currently working on a fantasy novel called Blood's Hiding. It's Ken Bauman. Damn, I need to pay you to be my hype man, James Brown style, like everywhere I go, like family dinners, be like, hey, can y'all just listen to my buddy Sam here for a second? He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna speak a little bit before I come sit down and ask for the fucking turkey and dressing or whatever. Thank you. We should be happy that Sam has had enough practice now because it's not gone that smoothly in the past. He's been like, who is this person? Like, Hashtag sorry, Lua. All credit to Lua Stardust because when she came on, I didn't have show notes and I got like super flustered and I couldn't remember the name of the podcast that she was on at the time, oh, even yeah. though yeah. I like was an active listener. And I so just he froze. Claims. So he and claims. she was just like, she was like, what the fuck do you know? I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, thank you to, to Lua for, you know, shaming you into professionalism. Good, yeah. good on her. It's sometimes the only thing that works. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Th thank you for having me. Thanks for the very, you made me sound a lot more illustrious than I am. I'm just sort of a dude, but I appreciate the introduction. <laughs> Um, and I'm happy to be here. Well, Ken, you are our first guest that has a Wikipedia page. So I oh, think shit. I think what? you're pretty illustrious, quite frankly. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. I'm honored. I'm honored to be that first for y'all. That's fucking yeah. sick. Now, yeah. now, as we as Tony and Mike look up the Wikipedia page and of like everyone else, I'm like, this person didn't have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> you know, everybody can solve that. You just go in there and you just type a bunch of stuff and, and then some random own. person deletes it. And then, yeah. then you got to do it again over and over again. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I actually searched myself. I was like, who has made the Tony 
Oh, well, just dox myself. Wow. Nice. <laughs> fucking save, just, just get it out there. At least I, I'm like, you know, fair with it. I do it for everyone. It's not, I don't like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't pick and choose who gets doxxed. Everyone gets doxxed on the show. So it's fun. <laughs> That's a great just tagline for the show. We dox everyone. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, we, Tony and I have been talking about this a lot lately because we started selling custom dragon shield howling salt my yeah. sleeves on our store and very soon after starting that one of our patrons messaged me and was like hey sam uh when i complete a purchase on your store it tells me your last name is that something you want out there Whoopsies. and i was like oh yeah. yeah and then tony and i have been <laughs> shipping these out and just putting our names and yeah. shit on there so Dude, my yeah. fucking address is on there like <laughs> it's, it's full doc city <laughs> let's let's be real we're in 2023 my my philosophy has been i guess for i mean shit since the patriot act like if if somebody wants to get you yeah they're gonna get you oh, you're gonna sure. get got so like ah whatever it's so the, true the government knows everything about me so if the patrons know a little bit that's okay it's fine. Mm-hmm. And and the mm-hmm. truth is, I'm just not that exciting. Like they're just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you're you're gonna look me up and and you're gonna find someone else with my name who's like this awesome uh, folk musician in Alaska, and then you're gonna oh. find me. And uh, it's just, <laughs> it's very different, very different vibes. <laughs> so Ken, you live in New Mexico, yeah? Yes, I do. Oh. Are, are you in Santa Fe? I am in Santa Fe, yeah. And which now street, that we're talking about which street is it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in Social Security is three three nine six nine eight six four. Thank you. And the yeah. three funky numbers on the back of that credit yeah. card. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I bring it up is because when I was in college, I did like a sort of study abroad, study not that far abroad thing in New Mexico, where I lived in New Mexico for like four months, and I lived in Santa Fe, and I loved it. It's pretty based. You know, I, I was in LA for a long time and the city was killing me or I, you know, I was letting myself get killed by it maybe, but, um, mm. and then you know, we found this, we found Santa Fe. My wife's born and raised here. So coming Sweet. here was kind of an easy lift and, uh, I love it, man. I want to die here. It's sick. Uh, it's mm. like a great, you know, it's <laughs> what just a like fucking compliment, dude. What a compliment. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually whenever, but it's so beautiful. And, and the pace is awesome. The people and the cultures and communities, the history is wild. It's just like, yeah, it's a really lovely place. My old roommate had an uncle who let me borrow a shirt. My God. And it was a New Mexico shirt. Oh, and shit. I wound up like taking it unintentionally. We were at a <laughs> lake house. Like I need to close. Like you gave me a shirt. I was like, cool. And I get more comments when I wear that shirt than any other article of clothing I have ever worn in my life. Like, I'm telling you, every time I wear that fucking shirt, somebody is like, yo, New Mexico? And I'm like, (laughs) I have never even fucking been there. Like, (laughs) the diehards, we're like, the diehards are are real. You know, people call New Mexico land of enchantment and and the Mm. locals call it the land of entrapment. Because it really, like, it gets its hooks in you, you know? And for better and for worse. But yeah, like the people out there, I I think it's very telling that like I watch some fuck, I don't know, some garbage like late night show where they're, you know, it's like man on the street type stuff. They're asking people questions with microphone and they ask somebody um, like, is New Mexico a state in the union? And a lot of people didn't know the answer to that question. A lot of people are like, do you mean Mexico? And they're like, no, 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 New Mexico. Is that like New England? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so like, I, you know, it's not it's not the most 
popular state in the American imagination, but there's a lot of cool shit going on. And I'm, I'm really convinced that we're kind of living in the future down here for various reasons, like environmentally and culturally. And I just, I think that, yeah, we're, we're getting a nice taste of what the future is going to be like for a lot of Americans here, probably in the next couple decades. So, well, as a resident of Rhode Island, I will say that it is a blessing when people don't really think about your state too much because it stays a hidden gem. (laughs) (laughs) I was telling somebody about how much I love living in Providence and and how much I love the city of Providence the other day. And they're like, isn't that city kind of bad? And I was like, yeah, you just keep thinking that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Down here. (laughs) Don't raise raise the prices of our Yeah, Like rent is super cheap. Like restaurant weights are very, very small. I could just walk into any bar that I love and pretty much get served immediately. It's not Boston. People, people. Yeah. Tell people it sucks. Yeah, just be like, yeah, exactly. I fucking hate it. It sucks. It's just really dangerous and shitty. <laughs> Stay away. So I have a couple questions for you, and we typically do a bit of an interview. It, it's really, it's really an exam. Mm-hmm. It, it's quite grueling, and when it's done, you do actually get licensed to practice uh, salt minery mm-hmm. um, okay. on the podcast. So, Great. so you'll be you'll be kind of like a fully fledged uh, prospector at that point. Yeah, but just this podcast. So don't do it in any other yeah. podcast. You're yeah, allowed okay. to be operating, and only if you fucking pass. He said, like, when it's done, no, you got to pass that. Oh shit. yeah, yeah. I've been studying for the last month straight. So I, you know, <laughs> and yeah. this is is this situation fucking like slay. the bar where I can like take it every year like i can keep just pestering y'all and yep. blackmailing y'all to put me on the podcast and talk yep. you can, you can also yeah. just pay us and we'll just get like oh, say, fuck, yeah. i'm italian american you should have said yeah. that right in the beginning the money would already be in the fucking mail yeah we, we <laughs> do accept bribes it's definitely yeah. like part of That's, it yeah you're speaking my language so the first question that we like to ask is how did you get into magic so i'm i guess an old head i i started when I was a little, little baby, a wee little baby with my older brother, he, he was, he's seven years older. I started playing in 93 as a literal four or five year old. Wow. You know, that's just like crazy. with him, he, he, he was teaching me and it took me a couple of years to kind of understand what I was doing. Did he pub stomp you or? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Pub stomp me for sure. <laughs> and, um, you kept coming back. Love that. I absolutely, you know, I, I, yeah, you, you throw a ball, chase it. <laughs> so we we played a little bit just you know kitchen table early earliest days kitchen tables i i remember him having like a mox pearl and being like that card sucks like that fucking <laughs> card sucks like what do you care like who cares it's not a shivan dragon you're not gonna beat me with it why the fuck do i care about that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude <laughs> i love that shit i love yeah. the bad card evaluation of new magic players because i was totally there i was like yeah. why would i ever play a mana rock when i can yeah. play a fucking creature you know what yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, the creatures deal <laughs> yeah. damage and that's fucking cracked. Yeah. So, you know, we played for a little while and then I started to get into it. Like as I got older, I started to play with friends and then I was playing with my brother more. And then I realized that, you know, we had an internet connection. That was pretty cool. Old dial up 56K type situation. Mm. And um, I lost my fucking mind discovering the world of magic stuff online. So the early days, like the dojo you know, like early publications that would publish deck lists and theory articles. Mm. And I was getting, I was getting copies of the duelist magazine that I begged my parents to subscribe me to. I was tracking prices. I was just a little fucking freak about it. (laughs) And, um, and then, and then Pokemon came along and just hijacked my brain. Yeah. And so I, I kind of left, I left magic behind. I was like, Pokemon's the new jam. Yeah. Um, and the card or the TV show, like the TCG or the show. 
the well originally the Game Boy game, mm-hmm. like the yeah. first Game Boy, you know, blue and red, I I just I went nuts for them. And um and then when I realized there was a card game, I was like, this is it. It's over for me. And uh <laughs> and I so I played in tournament, you know, like little local tournaments and stuff. And the first booster pack I ever opened, shit you not, it was the foil Charizard. It was the chase card in the wow. first booster pack. I was Damn. like, I'm chosen by God. I'm clearly God's <laughs> favorite <laughs> child. <laughs> I am Ash Ketchum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have caught them all. Um and and then I kind of gave it up like because I, I was I started to work as like a little baby kid doing TV and, uh, you know, doing like acting stuff and modeling stuff. And I put it down. I was like, I just was really into working. I want to work more, work mm-hmm. more, get more jobs and kind of left Pokemon behind and, and started doing other stuff hobby wise. You were an adult. You didn't have time for frivolous children's games. I know? was a little 11 year old adult. That's true. I was <laughs> I was I was on that grind lifestyle. Twenty five, four, sixty nine, three twenty. You're a little business boy. I was a little business boy. Little business that was actually boy. on my business card. It said Ken Bauman and then a small Comic Sans font below it. Little business boy. Little business boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And instead of a phone number, it just had a picture of one of those like fake Rotophone yeah, kids. Fisher toys. Price phone so, with yeah, the face it just, on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, and then I came back to it about, shit, I don't know, maybe six years at this point. I was teaching high school, horrendously depressed, found... Uh, another teacher in one of the like, you know, professional development workshop things that everybody was ignoring. Mm-hmm. I walked by his computer screen. I saw him scrolling the spoilers page and I was like, what are you, what are you, what's, what's going on over there? What are you doing? Uh, nothing. Yeah. No, he was like, what? He was like, yeah, yeah, this is, I'm like looking at commander spoiler. And I was like, what, what's commander? I had no idea. And I had, I had picked up the game for about three days before this period of time with my buddy, Ned. And we, we got just enough into it to buy a bunch of booster boxes, like whatever, whatever the state, you know, most recent set was, mm-hmm. crack them all and then like build some shitty 60 card decks and take it to a local tournament. And the only thing memorable about this tournament, there are two things that we remembered uh, and I will remember forever. The first was that our opponent, one the opponent that we both played in the Swiss, he kept using the word spicy as an adjective and we were like Hell yeah. what could this mean <laughs> we were like what is, is this good is this bad and so we remember after the event being like what does spicy mean and he said it kind of with a sexual undertone like he was really feeling it you know yeah. wow, and not sweet. about what we were doing of course only about what he was doing there's no other way to say it quite frankly yeah. <laughs> absolutely absolutely and then the other thing that we remember is that um ron livingston the guy from office space right just was walked in in the middle of this tournament incredibly stoned like stoned out of his fucking door <laughs> yeah. and just like wandered around the store between our tables like a zombie just sort of staring at everything in the store for about 10 15 minutes he didn't pick up anything he didn't buy anything and then he turned around and he slowly walked back out and i was like oh is this real life like yeah. i felt like the kid in that fucking like like the kid who got his wisdom teeth removed i was like this can't be real <laughs> that's kind of like the magic equivalent of opening the foil charizard in your first pack exactly right Ron yeah, Livingston Livingston fucking <laughs> blessed us with this beautiful dewdrop eyes <laughs> so yeah and then i i picked it up when i was horribly depressed it helped me stay alive so that's pretty sick Hell and yeah, um that's that. huge yeah it was big it felt really cool and then i just haven't been able to put it down for better and for worse some mm-hmm. days, but uh, oh, yeah. I, I really love it. And that's kind of like the principal way I hang out with a lot of the local friends is we just get together, play bullshit, yeah, catch dude. up. 
Yeah. So when that coworker introduced you to Commander, were you just like, ooh, baby, this is it. And it just like hit you. And also follow-up question, when did you get into CDH? Yes, the answer is for sure. Like I I thought very early on, probably within the first few few games of Commander I played, using decks that I borrowed or like pre-cons that I bought shortly thereafter, I was like, this is what magic was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Like I really felt, I was yeah. like, this is the level of complexity and sociality here is like, this is the shit. This is the bee's knees. It just, just like wheels on a suitcase, right? It took us fucking mm. forever to figure it out. But then once we figured it out, we we're like, oh, duh. Why the fuck didn't we do that? Yeah. To me, like multiplayer magic, I was like, yeah, like this for yeah. sure. This. Yeah. And then I am a, you know, pretty competitive person by nature. And so I started to, you know, I got some pre-cons and I started to look around at, you know, decks. I wasn't really looking at decks online very much, but, um, I finally decided, I was like, okay, I have these pre-cons, but I want to build my own deck and I want to do it from scratch. And so I went on Gatherer and just started punching in fucking query results. Just being nice. like, okay, like, boop, nice. boop, boop, boop. and I really, I, I didn't know much about what the Eldrazi did in, in magic's competitive scene. Mm-hmm. I just was like, the character designs are cool as fuck. I love Eldritch weird calamitous things that you can't understand. Yeah. And <laughs> so I was like, I'll build a colorless deck. And I told myself at the time, L-O-L-L-M-A-O even. Raffle, perhaps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that I was like, you know, this will be like a nice budget-friendly deck. Like building a colorless deck. <laughs> like, you know, because I was like, it's no colors. It's literally no colors. I should be able to have like a nice limited card pool and I can build it on, you know, sort of on the cheap. And I was doing this when I was horrendously depressed so of course i was like you know what doesn't matter money money doesn't matter uh and so i remember just like piecing together over the course of literally eight hours straight one night i started at like 10 at night and i did it till dawn i just like pieced together a deck on gather in my notebook i was just writing it out i was like okay here's the ramp here's the draw here you Mm -hmm. know whatever yeah and it was a cause like the great distortion deck i pretty quickly realized like oh i can make this pretty fast pretty aggressive Mm -hmm. and could not compel myself not to do that so i did it and and then i started building a ton of decks and found like a local play group with a ton of decks everybody was really enfranchised or whatever and um and then i i noticed this pattern in myself where i was like i like going fast I'm fucking Sonic the Hedgehog. I want to do shit fast. <laughs> and 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 there were some other people, a couple at the time in our play group of maybe 10-ish people. There are a couple who were like me. We wanted to do the crazy stuff, ASAP. And so we finally, I st- like, I think my pro my first proto CDH list was actually Savala. I built Savala Bro Storm, but I was like a little off. I didn't have the Moxon, but everything mm. else was there. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, I'm curious what this deck looks like cranked up to the max. And I found list online and then I started watching gameplay. Mm-hmm. And and it was really gameplay, like playing with power and then playing play to win. Like, Same. Same with us. Uh, yeah. Definitely. I was like, this shit is cool as fuck. And the people seem cool. Also so easy to consume as like a video yes. format. Like I Best. love watching EDH gameplay too. And obviously there's some amazing uh, yes. casual EDH gameplay out there. But like yep. CDH games, 10 to 20 minutes a pop on YouTube. So it's like great. so consumable. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, and I I watched the command like everybody like in oh, the early yeah. days. I was like command zone, awesome, and that was like a gateway drug. Yeah, that's how Tony got me into EDH. Yeah. Was he just sent me command zone videos Whoa. and he was like, watch these. <laughs> and I I had like a trip down to New York and I literally watched every single one on the train <laughs> down <laughs> and back. <laughs> yeah, it's so compelling. You like see, yeah, you get yeah. all the social drama of it. Yeah, and then yeah, and then I found CDH and. I would say that I, you know, I like built Urza, played that for a while. And then I was like, you know, I want to try like one of the top decks. I built Najila, played that for a while. And then I oh, yeah. started playing in like online events and stuff and like mm-hmm. the MLC that's run by the Mind Sculptors, like a like a league. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kirk got spoiled and I was like, I think I want to try that. Like I want to do, I want to push this. Like this seems mm-hmm. fun. Um, and then that was it. It was all she wrote. And then I was really in it and really, really, really in it and just um, wanted to kind of see what I could learn about the community, see what I thought could be improved, like low hanging fruit wise of just like, okay, we can like, we can make this community more inclusive and better pretty Mm -hmm. easily here. Let's just just do a couple of things. And, um, and now I'm just like a doddering old man who kind of hangs in the shadows most of the time. I don't really make videos anymore, but um, (laughs) I tend to my little garden, the little Kirk garden and I (laughs) shit on Twitter and that's about it. All right. So I, I think you passed the first question. You're on your way to getting your okay. license here. So this is Great. this is boding well. Our second question that we like to ask is what makes you salty? Oh man. Okay. So here's the here's the the context, and I'll give the honest answer. So here's the setup and I'll give you the punchline. Sweet. So the setup is I have talked a lot of shit on Twitter about like not getting salty mm. and being like, you know what's cool <laughs> about a game that we all love to play as adults? enjoying every part of that game and just not not being little whiny babies about it and just being like <laughs> cool fucking cool that card's cool it's part of the thing i love great <laughs> and i have tried to practice that to the best of my ability because i on paper i believe that to be true I'm, I'm like i could probably choose like at the end of the day and like train myself to really love all of it and be like yeah. you blew up my lands fucking hell yeah you fucking <laughs> stacks me out awesome sick like that card's that. cool this has been part of the magic since day zero like it's all good it's all gucci's all part of the game that i love but i think i am a tempering on that cooling on that idealistic <laughs> situation a little bit and i think i'm gently leaning into a couple of salty positions i have opinions i have good that's growth dude that's great yeah i think so <laughs> like a little like a little to be this much a hater you yeah. know just this yeah. much and not to, it's just not honesty to, yeah yeah it's just not exactly i think everyone gets salty <laughs> i think if anyone is like nah, i don't get salty i never ever get salty i think that there is a situation out there where you yes. would not be very happy yes yes <laughs> yes i think so i think you know every, everyone can get cracked everybody's got a price or whatever and yep. it, i mean it doesn't tilt me that's the thing i played a lot of poker before i played picked up magic mm. again a lot of poker mm. and so i don't get tilted really i don't let myself tilt because i i'm again i'm too competitive and i'm too kind of like dry about this stuff mm-hmm. but i will get a little frustrated uh, <laughs> a little bit to mod- moderately frustrated and this is sam i don't know this this might hurt your heart. I apologize in advance. I don't want to specifically Marath stacks. <laughs> All Marath stacks. Yeah. <laughs> but My I think in tournament settings, I get a little upset at kind of win con light stack stacks mm, yeah. that cause pods to draw, and that's about it. That's about all they do. 
Yeah, I get a little upset that. about that. <laughs> yeah. As a tournament player, I want the points. I want to. I want somebody to win or lose. Yeah, uh, that's how I want the game to end because that means somebody's record will be good. That means if I lost to them, that's great for tiebreakers. Like if I get there, yeah. then hey, my breakers are good, and we're looking. We're looking good. I also think a win is so much ultimately more satisfying it's just a better story the draw is just sort of like this quagmire you know you're at the end of it and you're like all right i guess we all got a fucking point and now we have no time before the next round so we all have to like take a shit and eat food and be a human in 10 seconds <laughs> yeah uh, <man. laughs> before we have to start playing magic again and i also tried to build and understand stacks and i did this very earnestly for like a year <laughs> <laughs> like a year i was like i brewed with with some folks like alan mental misplay got me on it i started brewing dalsam stacks like slesnia yep. stacks mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i really fucking i worked my ass off on that shit for five months straight playing it nonstop, logging games analyzing games making changes like doing all i could and then i was like okay i want to add a color so i did timna kamal stacks and blah 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 and i play and i've played some other stacks decks and other contexts for other events and i finally came to the conclusion i was like I think I like decks that try to win the game more often. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, like I think that I feel more comfortable playing them. I learned about myself that I'm too dumb to play stacks. I'm not no. smart. I no, it's true. No, you I'm you not, can be super no, dumb and play stacks. That's the opposite. <laughs> the problem is you you are a self professed Sonic, and you were trying to force yourself to be a Knuckles, which yeah. just <laughs> you can't do that, you know. Whereas whereas I got that echidna in me. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get, yeah, I think that's probably true. I like to, I like proactive play patterns. I like storm. I like doing lots of stuff, taking yeah. lots of game actions. But I also, I think that stacks is sadly just kind of poorly positioned in a lot of metas. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's not stacks pilots faults. It's literally the fault of game designers because I really agree with like Lamora, Matthew from Lamora's cards, yep. that channel. He put out a great video where he's like, why are proactive cards, why do we see more of them than we see cool answers, right? Mm -hmm. Why are why are we getting busted threats all the time? Underworld Breach, Thoughts Oracle, whatever. Why are those popping up? But the like the Dranith magistrates are not, you know, they're not coming at that same pace. And his point was that like, that's just natural to game design. People yeah. like, people tend to like, threats or questions more than they like answers and the design space is more open there and i was like fuck i think that's probably true yeah. and and i think that particularly it shows itself in tournament settings when the clock is ticking you got to be ready to just like go and like yeah. get it like if you've got any window like rebel talks about in her videos you got to like boom be ready take it and get that win and i think other than winota fucking bummer like even though although now i think winota is doing pretty poorly because people figured it out yeah. oh yeah like other than winota there wasn't a deck that could seize that window fast enough yeah you know to be like hey we play a five turn format or meta uh i'm gonna work kind of at that pace but also i'm gonna be doing stacks like that was crazy to get winota and be like oh shit this can yeah, happen it's fast but we haven't seen anything else yet that has that 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 strength, that raw like consistency. And I mm -hmm. want I want top four and top sixteen settings to be full of like I want there to be lots of stacks decks in there too. I 
I'm sick of this mid-range fucking garbage where it's just like, <laughs> oh, cool, another fucking mid-range bullshit, yeah. like four and a half hour long top four game where everybody's drawing a million fucking cards and like, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Like, I fuck that. No, I want some nasty stack decks in there. Yeah. But we're just not there yet, I don't think, with the game design level. Mm-hmm. I feel you on that, man. I And I think that like one of the things that Winota did was kind of signal to a lot of people in the CDH space that combat can be a win condition in a stack stack. Yeah. And yep. I think that that led some decks astray, like like yeah. your Tim Kamals and things like that. You're still going to get wins every once in a while, but that deck does not win as aggressively and as fast as Winota. And to be nope. like, oh, well, I'll just win with my like eight mana commander and that'll be like my combat win. And it's like, that's yeah. not super realistic. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons why I like Marath is because it's a combo piece in the command yes. zone. Yeah, you and, just get and that it helps enable it. But yeah. the other thing with stacks is that I feel like so many CDH decks can and should splash two to three stacks pieces. And it's almost like, do you really need uh, stacks decks that are super focused? I still yeah. like to play them, but I think you can get by just fine having like a couple stacks pieces. Like if you're playing white, yeah. you're playing Draneth Magistrate because yeah. why not? And if you can get away with like Graft Digger's Cage, you're going to run it because yeah. it crushes so many win cons. So yeah. that, that's like how I see it trending. Like there's fewer hard yeah. stacks decks that are doing well <laughs> and the really competent mid-range decks uh, and even some of like the really turbo decks are just sprinkling in a couple yep. key stacks pieces. Yeah. yeah. The stacks pieces you're playing, like they're helping you not lose, right? Like they're pieces that are kind of helping you not lose, but they're not your win. That's kind of what we've been talking yeah. about the whole time too. So it's like you need that other option to win. And like the idea of a dedicated stacks deck, I think generally people are like, oh, I'm going to stacks out. No one's going to be able to win. It's like, that's yeah. not what you want. You want one person to be able to win and it's got to be you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And this is, I mean, I've seen this a lot now too, having like taught some folks how to play CDH and what, have watched that on ramp a lot is like, that's what attracts some people to CDH. They mm-hmm. want to they wanna make the deck that prevents yeah. everybody else from playing Magic, which is a time-honored tradition. I'm not against that. That's like as old as time, you know, yeah. to be like, I want to cast balance. I want to fucking cast armor again. I'm like, yeah. good on you. Go live your best life. You know? I can't play you. this in casual. I want to play it now. Yeah, you know? which, which, great. So if that's the on-ramp, but I have noticed, and I, I have contributed even to this kind of like devil on the shoulder type situation. I've tried to like gradually be like, hey, you know what's pretty cool? winning the game yeah that's pretty fucking cool you know i bet you're gonna feel really cool when you win the game and then getting people like hooked on that idea and then you'll see them try different decks and i love that i'm always like yeah play play turbo mid-range and stacks to get a sense of what you like what you don't like and what you can learn from each kind of deck um but like breaking people off the like i just want to prevent people from playing magic thing so that you can use that as a tool as like one play pattern that mm-hmm. you like, one thing that you yeah. enjoy doing among a few others, that to me is like healthy and good. And then, and then I think actually that makes you a better stacks brewer too, because the, you know, the just like stop everybody is fucking impossible in a four player high yeah. variance format. You just, you ain't going to do it most yeah. cases. So focusing on like, okay, what is the minimum effective dose of stopping everybody? And then what is the minimum effective dose of winning the game? And then what do I add to make both those things swirl together in a nice tasty soup? 
Yep, mm-hmm. definitely. In a, in a green chili of perfection. In a, yeah. in a Christmas. I'll a take Christmas. Christmas in a Christmas, yeah. Exactly, exactly yeah, right. I, I feel that, man. Like, <laughs> even my Marath deck that is up on my Mox field, the one that I, like, tout all the time, like, that is yeah. super hard stacks, but it has a, a lot of win cons in it. But it is also, like, so heavy into resource denial. It's almost a little bit of a meme, but I can still yeah. get it done. But it yep. is, like... I'm like, hey, I'm going to build this deck around like living plane. And that's going to be a really weird thing. And in the current iteration I'm playing, uh, I've gone way softer on my stacks package and tried to do more layered combos. And I don't have a ton of data points yet, but it's already winning more. (laughs) It's surprise, surprise, right? Like if you put in more cards that win, you win more. It's like, (laughs) but it it really can feel (laughs) mind blowing in that way where you're like, oh, fuck. Like, I didn't think that I could do this. I didn't Mm -hmm. think this was legal. Yeah. Stacks is in a strange place, but so yeah, that's the only thing I think I'm salty about generally is like again, the kind of win con less stacks things in tournaments yep. that wind up drawing a lot of games. And then like on an individual level, really not any particular card or effect or whatever. You can stasis lock me, you can blow up my shit. I, I don't care, whatever. But playing against Turgrid in COVID days was a fucking pain in my ass. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Any like like, I love infinite tokens. I am not going to buy that many goddamn infinite tokens. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to read all of your fucking infinite tokens. I just don't want to do it. So, oh, like, I, uh, like, I just I hated that. that, like, needing to, because I'm like, everything's this big and well, that's fucking cursed. Yeah. <laughs> but, but now, now in person, I've played against a lot of Turgrid since. There was a player who, who had like a CDH Turgrid list that I, I got, got used to. And, I don't mind it now, but that was that was rough couple couple of years for, yeah. for many reasons. But we that was that. fucking one of them. I was the problem when we were getting into CDH. Also, pretty much right around when COVID was hitting its peak, that was also when I got really into playing Halden and Paco at CDH. <laughs> oh, and like, yeah. so oh I was I was the problem. the The only like saving grace is that I was like, I'm gonna make this as simple as possible for you guys you just tell me them and i will always track everything about right. it but like yeah. it's even even in the best case scenario it's still such a pain in the neck that i discontinued it and i only play it in person i, I will never play that deck over spell table at the yeah point. no and, and i'm the same way with a gyruda deck it's like i'm never gonna play that on spell table no, it's no. like not just not gonna be fun for anyone it took me forever to put praetor's grasp in one mm. in uh, one of my cdh lists because I realized I was like, oh, that card sucks. And I, so I was saying that for like a year plus. I was like, no, that card ain't worth it. And then I was like, Ken, you actually don't think that. You yeah. just don't like it because of the COVID days where you didn't want to fucking cast it ever. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I could just play it in person. I could just pick up somebody's deck, fucking, you know, or like opposition agent and all that shit. So yeah, the, the it, text it, on it, those it cards funny. were different during COVID. It was oh like, God, tell sure. the opponent the card that you want to take and <laughs> everyone will know. And then yep. Yep. <laughs> lost Their every element of surprise. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I still forget that that is like a secret tutor from someone else's deck i like still don't even think that when i think about the card i remember my first mox masters looking at like the rules for it and there was one section that was like british grasp it's like we need a section of our rules dedicated to this one card because we know you're gonna mess it up (laughs) yeah yeah it it sucks (laughs) yeah online events they have their troubles cheating Prater's Grasp, you know, all this shit. (laughs) At least Prater's Grasp is, you know, not 
as much of an issue in person. You'll you'll still get cheaters in person, but at least yeah. you know they're also harder. It's harder to do. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. That's why I just shuffle my deck under the table. Uh, make sure no one can see it. Mm-hmm. That's um, perfect. And then yeah. I'll, I'll take it out. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I I prefer just I as a pregame action. I ask everybody to wear blindfolds during mm-hmm. mulligans, and then mm-hmm. once they're done, I just instruct everybody to take their blindfolds off and oh, keep their hand, and then we're good. Sense. Yeah. yeah. Also, another another hot tip: uh, just put two cards in every sleeve, and then if it's not oh, the card you want, you just change you just it. pull the just other one. It. Oh yeah. fuck! That's I got to start doing that. Yeah. It's also card advantage. Oh, that's right. You can yeah. have two every draw is two cards. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only problem is that when I prayers grasp you, I I keep the card. I don't give it back to you. Yeah. When the game's over, I I take it. You know. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. anti-wins or loses. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just every time Praetor's grasping mana crypts, no matter what. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah or the, it'd be a mox diamond now. Immediately yeah. slide into one of your sleeves. Too. Yes. It's like, yeah. That's mine. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh man. Well, shall we get into it, guys? This Let's do it. Prelude. Yeah. Do uh, it. We're we're approaching the mine, but now we're we're gonna get in that rickety elevator and go. You know what? Two, three hundred feet below the Earth's crust and Great. get in there. You're the environmental guy. I have no idea where the salt is. You always find it. So <laughs> you'd be surprised how little my, my career had to do with mines. <laughs> <laughs> I truly know nothing about them. Well, yeah, let's let's get into it, guys. I got some salty posts here. We're going to be talking about salt and getting into it today. Hell yeah. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Put me in. Tony? You know anything? Oh, fuck. Tony? What's salt, Oh, my Sam? God. Damn Tony. it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No. I was even, like, giving you the eyes, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw I eyebrows big time. I was yeah. like, I saw fuck, them, man? and I was like, what's he fucking doing? Like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? You all right, Sam? Like, settle down. You having a stroke over like, there? Calm bud? down. Like, what's going on? Like... <laughs> I did have that Celsius energy drink, so we need those dulcet tones. We yeah. need those dulcet tones. We need we need the definition. I need to know what y'all mean by salt. So salt is frustration in the game, as we like to say. And really, it's an umbrella term. I've kind of been saying this lately, and I I think it bears mentioning in the definition. A lot of people think salt is like somebody rage scooping, somebody throwing their cards across the room. And while that is a very heavy amount of salt, salt can also just be you know, something bad happens to you at the table and you get a little subdued. Your 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 candle just flickers a little bit lower. Salt could just be somebody who's got bad vibes in the game store and is kind of throwing off the energy of the night. You know, that that's kind of the one that I think of when people are like, I don't get salty. It's like, well, throw a couple assholes in your LGS and uh, I bet you will be feeling some kind of way. Yep. <laughs> And, you know, I think we did a pretty good job earlier in this episode defining it, but I'll I'll leave it at that. It's really just anything that's going to provoke a frustration. And especially in this game that we love to play, EDH, with four players, you get the social aspect on top of it. Salt is sure to happen. The veins are rich here, folks. Mm. Shall we jump into it, guys? I got a first story here. Fuck yeah. yeah. Ready. All right. Let's kick it off with one from our Patreon. This one comes to us from our buddy Lycane. And the post is titled, Am I the Asshole? Just nice and to the point here. A classic title. Yep. Yes. Prospectors, lend me your ears, for I have induced salt upon another, and I feel like I may have been the ass, but maybe not. It was late, and our pod wanted one more game, so we settled on Mm -hmm. a higher-powered fast game. That's in quotes. 
I went with Can white I just say pawn. That never fucking happens. <laughs> no, yeah. The last game is always the one that like fucking takes two goddamn hours. Yeah, we're coming fresh off of one of these oh on Tuesday, God. Kim. This literally happened. Mike was like, one more snappy CNH game? <laughs> two games in, in an hour each. And then we were like, this next one is going to be, I'm sure, just another hour. And yeah. then I think you guys were in there for like three. Mike yes. like was testing a new deck and he was like, please, can we just do one more? And Nick was like, I don't know. Mike was like, come on. And we're like, all right, let's do it. Uh, Mike gets knocked out like 45 minutes in and Tony, Nick and I proceed to play for another hour and a half. Oh, <laughs> and Jesus Christ. It just like this absolute grind of a game. It, oh, truthfully, no. it was a super, super enjoyable game. The interaction yeah, was, it was incredibly a good game. Weird. It was just fucking long. It's just fuck. long. It's it a school so, night. Like I need so to do long. shit in the morning. Like that's the problem here. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. So anyways, we settled on a higher powered fast game. I went with Light Paws, Emperor's Voice, as it's one of my favorites, and the other commanders were Tromo Kratos, Cedrus the Traitor King, and Radadabric of Urborg. My starting hand had Strip Mine, Two Planes, Swords to Plowshares, Karametra's Blessing, and Sentinel Eyes. Must be an enchantment. It's an escape enchantment. Oh, isn't it? It's cool. Thank you, Mike. Mm -hmm. So a decent start to have Light Paws sitting with Protection, Vigilant, and more by turn three. This is when I noticed something and I begin to sweat. I play against Radadabric weekly. I know what he's capable of, and Voltron cannot compete against the combos it can produce. He is my greatest threat at the moment, so I act accordingly. I swing at Radadabric, and then in his upkeep, I strip mine his command tower. <gasps> he seems mm. flustered. Really? I explain my actions and risk assessment and repeat the agreed-upon high-power fast game, to which he draws size scoops and leaves the game <laughs> i felt horrible but also so proud as it was the right thing to do to seal the win which happened a couple turns later okay uh -huh. i guess long story short i made a friend scoop with a strip mine i felt bad but also felt kind of good maybe next time don't keep one land and a mana crypt as your starting hand also, if this goes on the podcast, just scrub the other commanders off it <laughs> and keep it a bit anonymous or wait a month or two. It's been a few months, so I'm not scrubbing <laughs> it. Possible <laughs> uh, deniability, you know. Interesting story. The the turn one strip mine. We've had something similar to this in the past, but this is this is doing it to a friend. This is this feels a little bit different. Yeah. It's this to me calls into into question like when people say fast game, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. Is the expectation that everybody should play like a very proactive deck, yeah. like kind of glass cannony, right? Like uh, it's like okay, you play your Zada deck, I'll play my other, and we're we're not really going to fuck with each other that much. It'll just be a drag race, right? Yeah. Whoever gets there first gets there first. Or does that mean we're playing CDH? And we'll just like play the CDH list that we've got and that we like, because that's, I don't know. I feel like that's a, that's a different kind of question. Yeah. I think that y'all, what y'all talked about earlier is just being in that kind of knockdown drag out game that lasted for two plus hours or whatever. <laughs> that shit happens. Like CDH is, yes, it might be a turn five ish meta, but that does not mean that there isn't a fucking standard deviation and that does not mean that all games have equal turn lengths. So I think probably to avoid that situation in the future, you should be a little bit more precise about what you mean by fast, right? Like yep. yeah, maybe, maybe pick decks that are a bit less capable of the interaction, like a fucking strip mine, mm -hmm. a little let, you know, and a little more about just like 
I'm just going to ramp and do my thing and if somebody gets there faster. Great. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a good assessment of like, when you say let's do one more fast game, like identifying what that actually means is so good. And that's something I don't think we have ever done in our pod. (laughs) And most of the time we're like, yeah, high powered fast. And then Sam whips out a fucking stacks deck and no way. Nick pulls out like a bunch of counters and shit. Not in casual. I, I, I feel like, that is almost what happens for sure. It, it turns into this slog of like, <laughs> we pull out decks that we like that are fast, but like have interaction, which makes it fucking slower. Like Tony, every game is slow when you put half of our decks in our hand with Selvala. <laughs> That's never going to make a game fast. If everyone has access to Settle half down, the interaction chief. in their list. Settle fucking <laughs> down. So true. I, I think it's a really good point, though, because typically when I think people say high-powered fast game, it's like play your strongest casual deck, your near CDH yes. deck. You're not even like fringe CDH, but you're like zooming, you're comboing. You know, you've yes. got some incredibly, I, like like you said, glass cannon. That's that's what comes to my mind. Like I have agave combo deck that is, I found out recently, capable of winning on turn two, but but can yeah, can so, like zoom pretty mm-hmm. fast. And yeah. then I have this like Togo Kesket purely glass cannon deck that I am just like jamming and and just Voltroning people. But with those higher powers, you do get more interaction. And yep. truthfully, in this game, Radadabrik was about to have a pretty fucking slow game with with just draw go and uh, <laughs> you know slowly trying to grind back their their position there. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess what I would ask you guys is: Is this person the asshole? Is Lycane the asshole here? No, strip mines in the deck. Like you can play it. You know, I, I think. I think you're not the asshole and it seems like it made the game really quick. So <laughs> you really kind of yeah. stuck to what your goal was, honestly. Yeah. I think that um, that's how this person should know they are your friend. <laughs> Cause I feel like I would never strip mine somebody I, I don't like very much on my turn sure? one. Unless yeah. I fucking hated them. Like I'd have to, like I could think of some people I hate that I would do that to, but I don't know why I'd ever <laughs> be playing magic with them. Yeah. But like just playing in a pod with all my high school bullies. Yeah. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> But if I'm like, if I have it in my hand and I'm like, well, I Sam, like, yeah, totally, <laughs> just fucking means I love you a little, you know. If you, <laughs> if you can't be affection. a jerk to your friends, then who can you be a jerk to? Am exactly. I right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that this person is the asshole either. I think that the pod suffered from something that happens all the time, which is tired people didn't do enough talking. Yeah, you know, they just y'all weren't clear with each other about what you meant and. Maybe a little bit of miscommunication happens. So what? It happens, you know? You know, if you've got a read on somebody and you're agreeing to play, no holds barred, CDH mindset, you yep. got a read on them that like, if I fucking strip mine this command tower, they lose. Why wouldn't you? Fuck it. Do it. Go yeah. nuts. Yeah. Kill them. Like that's and one activated ability. Target player loses the game. Yep. Every deck would play that. <laughs> yeah. Every deck would play <laughs> as many copies of that effect as they could. So like it's the yeah, social great. text on the card. We talk yeah. about that all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and too, like maybe that maybe that one player who kept the one land or man crypt might get a little less fucking greedy with their mulligans in the future and keep more stable hands. Maybe <laughs> yeah. there's a little lesson to be learned there. Don't be such a don't be so fragile with your mulligans. Like find hands that are a little bit less all in. When yep. you're playing it against a deck that you know runs strip mine, perhaps. Yeah, I feel that for sure. I mean, I, I think it's fair. I also think it's just, to me, it's kind of just like a variance thing. 
like the chances of you starting with a strip mine in hand, getting it out, you know, before uh, a player yeah. who's starting with a one lander, like a lot of stars are aligning for this kind of situation to happen. Yeah. And it's pretty salty, salt inducing, but I don't think anyone's an asshole here. Even with the higher power fast game, I think it aligns with what, what I would think falls into that category. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of like you said, Ken, a bit of a CDH mindset, no holds barred, some more powerful cards you probably aren't seeing in like your typical, you know, average seven deck or a pre-con yeah. or something like that. But the chances of you doing that to them is like pretty low. It, it wouldn't yeah. be something where if I played against that light pods deck in the future, I'd be like, gotta watch out for that turn one strip mine. Like it can happen, yeah. mm-hmm. good to be aware of, but probably unlikely for that to be repeated, you know? Yeah. Also, there's a saving grace. They drew and then conceded. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. a pure, like, how dare you remove my command tower? I'm yeah. going to concede. They it just conceded because they knew they couldn't win, you know? Yeah. So that's, and that's, that's great. fair play. Yeah. Scoop it up. I would have fucking like, yeah, scooped got... too. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, kidding me? You guys fucking strip my one of my things. It will say Tony concedes. Like that's the subtext on there for sure. Is it a scoop if you're picking up one card? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially last game of the night and you're like a sleepy boy. Like, hell yeah. I'll oh, yeah. be like, oh, fuck yeah. I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I mean, I bet I bet that the the strip mind player probably was a little upset because they thought when everybody's like one more game, they thought, oh, cool, I'll get a little extra magic, just a little yeah. bit more magic. And they didn't get to play magic. Yeah. And yeah, you know what? For sure. It, non-games happen all the time in various contexts. And I think you probably just chalk that up to being like, yeah, I got got. It was a non-game. Can't win them all. Like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. The time, Yeah, exactly. Time to go home and get get some sleep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I totally understand being a little upset by that. I get it. That's, yeah. that's a reasonable re- <laughs> response. But yeah, I don't think anybody's an asshole. So what do we think about the salt rating here on this one? I feel like we kind of covered it a little bit. Hey, cool, Mike. How about you shut the fuck up? Let me ask my questions. <laughs> and then yeah. you can like insert okay. your thoughts. I, Sounds I, good. Mike, the show is a structure. I don't know if you uh, are familiar with that. <laughs> but uh, shit. This is a production. Who's this Excellent. amateur over here? <laughs> I'm gonna put that in your fucking Wikipedia page. Like nice. <laughs> Thanks for making it. Yeah. The haters. The haters have the energy, you know? Yeah, that, is, that is the ultimate, like someone is living rent-free in your mind. Yes, when you create that. a Wikipedia page just to dunk on them Talk and go shit. through the effort yeah. of it. Like ma- yeah. Tony's making a Wikipedia user account yeah. and like trying yeah. to get <laughs> writing uh, you know, editor privileges. Yeah, editor oh, yeah. privileges. <laughs> uh man, I- I'll go first. I think this is pretty salty. I think uh I don't think Lycane is the asshole here. I think the Ratadabric player is entirely within their right to feel salty about a strip mine. I would do the exact same thing. One land, Mana Crypt, there's no way I would be like, oh, a strip mine is coming and it's definitely going to like fuck me up turn one. Like that just isn't really a play pattern that I think a lot of players are like trying to do. So it would never really dawn on me to try to mulligan in a way to like protect against that because that person is also losing their land as well. You know, strip mining turn one or turn two like you're setting yourself back. I, I still think it was the right move. And it sounded like with the power levels and where things were, it, it was good. But, you know, I, I feel for your Ratadabric. That sucks. Yeah. I feel like it. I do a little dash of salt, but not very much because 
I mean, I think if you kind of zoom out and abstract away from the type of card that got blown up, you can say, okay, I lost the game to an early removal spell. Mm-hmm. And and to make it even less salty, you'd be, okay, I lost the game to a one-for-one, one, which in EDH is a negative three-to-one. So it's not yeah. like, it's right, like they had to go down on resources quite a bit mm-hmm. to, to take me out of the game. So it's not even like, unfair mechanic game mechanically Mm -hmm. like that's you're you're if you're strip mining somebody's lands you are going way down in card advantage relative to edh so Mm -hmm. whatever you know whatever it's just a card you got got by removal it happens next game definitely sure well fucking give us another one baby I love it when you call me baby. <laughs> Those are weird. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> I, I had this realization the other day that like Tony and I do call each other that all the time. Like, so baby. <laughs> this is also like what I call my wife, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Share the love. Terms of endearment, man. <laughs> I mean, she only beat me by like one year, so it's like fun. She really did. Yeah, yeah she really did. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to another one. So this one comes to us from Gmail. This is a Gmail submission. And this one comes to us from our buddy Mitch. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks for the story. And this one is titled Salty Pre-Release Story. And it goes. This one's a little bit long, so let's let's all buckle into the minecart. I'm in. Ready? Good afternoon, guys. I'm a pretty new fan. I found you from your giveaway on Twitter, and after I entered it, I figured I'd give the pod a try, and I was quickly hooked. I listened to every week's episode, and now I'm working on the backlog from the beginning. Fuck yeah, Mitch. Thank you. Appreciate that <laughs> shit. Let us know when you hit uh let us know when you hit mall rats. Yeah, let us know when you hit mall rats. That's definitely the episode One of my that favorites. I, I think of all the time. Oh man. I honestly I was listening to another podcast the other day and they started talking about like the pinnacle of the American mall and just being a mall rat. And I was like, man, we should just do a full mall rat Patreon episode. <laughs> and I would gladly do that. Just talk about malls all day. I mean, we have to do it in a mall, right? Like yeah. we have to go to a mall and do it live. Like that's Power the only way. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Just all of us calling into Zoom from our, our perspective local malls. Yep. <laughs> My story isn't an EDH one, but it's salty nonetheless. I just moved to a new state and have been desperate for my Magic the Gathering fix. So I've been going to an LGS, which is something I'm not used to, as I had a dedicated play group in my old state. So here I am at a March of the Machines pre-release, ready to jam some games, and I get paired with my round one opponent. After the first couple turns, it becomes pretty apparent that we are obviously had very similar pulls in our sealed pools. We're both playing a Boros aggro backup type build, and we even both splashed black. We joke about this being a fun mirror match as we both play Windscarred Crag turn one and both drop Pyretic Prankster on turn two. As the game goes on, we realize our decks really are similar, and he ends up beating me after a slog where he got the advantage from some equipment to help him squeak out an edge over our often matching creatures. I have several pieces of the same equipment and end up slotting them in during sideboarding before game two. Up until this point, he's very friendly and cordial. Game two, my deck not only runs better, but he also gets some bad beats after several missed land drops. I just murder him. At this point, the friendly attitude starts to fade away and he's clearly irritated i made another joke about our similar decks after it turns out we both splashed black to play invasion of asgul 
he mutters something about our decks not being that similar, and he just had bad draws and would have gotten me if he had got the right mana. Classic move. Classic move right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would. If I if I could have won, I would have won. Yeah. <laughs> I love that shit, man. If I, had just, if I just had one more resource of any kind, I would have made you humiliated. I would yeah, have made yeah. you fucking cry. If you had played the game differently and poorly, yeah. and I had played it better, and I won the game, then I would have won the game. <laughs> so we shuffle up for game three, and it ends up being a good match. We almost go to time before I barely get the win. Maybe I just played better, got luckier, or perhaps he was a little tilted and didn't play as strongly as he should. Perhaps a combination of all three. I don't know, because he didn't talk much this game, only speaking to announce game actions. I offer a fist bump, and say it was really interesting to see an almost mirror match in Limited, and he shakes his head as he quickly packs up and again insists our decks weren't really similar. <laughs> they were, and they just happened to be on the same colors. He at least returns my fist bump, but it's apparent he has no interest in discussing our games, or even chatting all the while waiting for round two. I say good luck, and he silently leaves me at the table while he goes off to wait, seemingly as far away as he can. I promise <laughs> that I had showered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that they clarified that. Yeah, it's, good. it's you never unfortunately know. necessary. Yeah, <laughs> you, you never know, you know. <laughs> and this is just that kind of salt that, like, I think everybody can relate to seeing an opponent deflate over the course of a game. Yeah, yep. And that almost makes me feel worse than myself getting salty in a game. You know, if I just see that I'm demoralizing my opponents and they aren't having fun anymore like that feels so bad <laughs> yeah it's one of the worst feelings and somehow i feel like i keep making it happen in my pods <laughs> you, you kind of do I'm like this will be great and then i'm like oh it's not it's not great it's yeah. not great at all <laughs> yeah it is particularly interesting in like a pre-release setting like this too like i honestly feel like there's a pretty natural flow in these like three game series where you know, the first one, it's so even like you're having fun, you're chatting, you're getting to know this person. The second one, the stakes are starting to get high. And if it gets <laughs> even that third game feels yeah. like really high stakes. And even when it's just like a pre-release at an LGS, you know, it's not a huge deal, but it it feels like it is. And yeah. if your decks are so similar and honestly, if you're talking a lot about how your decks are really, really similar, then saying those things and then winning kind of implies that you're the more skilled pilot which mm -hmm. isn't a super fun feeling so this other person may have been kind of picking up on that kind of getting like oh you're just telling me you're better than me vibes even yeah. though we have like the same deck you know which which no one really wants to be hearing yeah yeah <laughs> there's also two pre-release like I feel like that energy of being, you're excited about the cards, you're excited about the sets, and you have to, for better and for worse, form a kind of attachment to whatever you build. And mm -hmm. you have to form an attachment to your pool because that's mm -hmm. all you got. You know, right. there's no negotiating. It's like, all right, this is what I got. And so there's a little bit of your identity wrapped up with it. You're like, okay, this is how I am like starting out on the set. This is like my first go at it. So I feel like if you get matched against a deck that's pretty damn similar, not only is it like, yeah, there are those logical implications of the other person saying, oh, maybe I played better or maybe I just got luckier, thus you played worse or unlucky. There's also the thing of like, oh, this thing that I thought was kind of unique to me, I just mm. fucking got demonstrated <laughs> for the last hour that like, nah, <laughs> uh, you know, and maybe you might even start to identify like, oh, fuck, like 
I thought I thought I found something cool in this mm-hmm. pool, but no, it's not only not unique, like maybe even they found the same patterns, but they also just got better cards too. Like that to me, that's the worst part about pre-release mm-hmm. is just like you play against a deck where you're like, that's fucked up. Like you just, you open some crazy shit, like <laughs> yeah. some monstrous yeah. shit. And, uh, and you're like, well, uh, okay. Like, how am I going to, how am I going to fucking beat that? I can try, but it just probably ain't going to happen. And so that feeling can kind of come into play too, but it's unfortunate. It doesn't sound though that uh, to me, like the opponent was, necessarily super tilted it just sounds kind of like yeah. deflated i think it's a great word they yeah. just kind of were like nah, you know they're having a lot of fun and then for various reasons the fun started to fade and i'm sure i bet the fun probably came back gradually as the event progressed because that's usually what happens too you know next game new opportunity to feel all those cool feelings yeah, yeah. I, I think you guys said it well with the mirror match because it, it's one of those things where like no one wants to hear that you're piloting the deck just a little bit worse. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you're missing the point of the story, though, Sam. They're not the same. Their deck was <laughs> yeah, very different. They were actually different. <laughs> and you know what? If I drew two land, if I could have played two lands on turn one, uh, I would have beat you. Yeah. I would have beaten you. Yeah. If I had simply drawn all my best cards in a row, I would have fucking won. <laughs> yeah. I want you to know that yeah. shit. But uh, what do we think about the salt rating here on this one? I think it's pretty low. I like I I always enjoy these salty stories where there's not really much anybody could have done better. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's just kind of what it is and there are these moments like we talk about that all the time. Like there just are these moments where you're gonna feel a little off, feel a little sad about something and it's okay and you just kind of got to accept it. So hopefully neither of these players let it ruin their night. I would say medium to low salt. Mhm. I don't know if it ruined the night, but it did something because that guy like went over to the other side of the room. So like, I think something happened. But, like... Yeah, I you know I think I I make a lot of comparisons with uh, with French fries on this show, salty French fries, and I think it's That's because important. I'm I'm like a a certified fast food junkie boy. Sometimes mm-hmm. this is just like a classic McDonald's fry. Almost everybody has experienced this salt, and if you think yeah. about it you know what the taste is like you can envision this you know yeah. you, you've been there for <laughs> We've sure all had this feeling of being like i'm just kind of done i'm demoralized like my yeah. my my sails are hanging limp yep. where they were once full of like mm. a joyous breeze like i'm just no one likes a limp fry no <laughs> a limp sail tony well actually <laughs> whoa Dude, sometimes you get that Do one. Do not say you fry. like a limp fry. Sometimes you get the you one fucking fry sicko. that's good, man. <laughs> yeah. You know? You don't want them all to be like that, but you get that I don't one. Know. Okay, well. <laughs> well, Mike, I'll show you the way when we stop for fast food probably two to three times when we drive to Rochester next week. <laughs> you mean every meal we eat while we're there. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> but to me, this is just so relatable. Like, it's not high salt, but I can't say it's salt-free. The salt is there, but I know the taste. I've been on both sides of that salt. Yeah, I I wouldn't. I hope nobody involved feels bad now after the fact. Like it just like magic is a game where you feel like you have so much control because the rules are so complex and you make so many choices when you're brewing a deck in any context or format. And the reality is, it's still quite a high variance situation. I mean, it's you know so much so that its complexity is literally incalculable. So I feel like knowing that, kind of reminding yourself of like. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this has to do with me, but a lot of times you just RNG Jesus does not take the fucking wheel and you just <laughs> you just lose the game. And that's totally okay. Just be like, all right, well, 
what could I have done to improve that game? That's, you know, always the question is like, could I have done anything differently? And if so, okay, I'll try to know that for the future. But if not, if you feel pretty good, like, okay, based on all the information I had, I made the best decisions and I just didn't get there because of the draws, fuck it. You've, you've done well. You've played well. The only thing I'll add is that that person should be better at piling decks and then like, maybe oh, fun. <laughs> yeah. They would have been okay if they were just fucking better. Like, yeah. Good. <laughs> right. I mean, I think sometimes after like I win a match, I'll just fist bump my opponent and then be like, hey, next time, like, consider this. Don't do a bad job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's right. advice okay. they can really take to heart, you know, yeah. and really yeah. work on. You can take that shit to the bank. Like, if you'd build yeah. it more like this one, I think mm-hmm. you would have had more success. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or just like, you know, make, maybe if you're going to spend like $40, you could probably spend this money in a better way. So just yeah, exactly. time, don't, <laughs> right. you maybe know, you, just you like, should try something besides like a magic pre release. Yeah. Is yeah. magic really for you? Like, yeah. do you think that you're, you know, what's fucking insane is like we make these jokes, but I guarantee you when I started <laughs> yeah. playing magic in 93, 94, 95, 96, there are motherfuckers all over the country asking those, ex- saying that shit like that oh, to their opponents all the time. Yeah. People are still saying that shit to each <laughs> oh, other. I am God. sure. It's <laughs> classic get good, you know? Yeah, get good, yeah. scrub. Classic. Fucking stupid. Oh, what man. a line. What a beautiful set of words. Get good, yeah. <laughs> get good, scrub. Uh, unbelievable. Whoever coined that, uh, yeah. you know, fucking missed legend. the boat on fucking copywriting <laughs> that shit, man. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Well, shall we move on to our third story of the evening? One yeah, last yeah. one. Let's fucking one do last it. one. Uh, so we're going to dip back into Patreon for this one. Dip on in. We got one from our buddy Royal Flood here. Sup, Royal Flood. Uh, and this one is called Massacre Worm Connoisseur of Salt. Mm, I like where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> and the story goes. This story takes place a few months ago when I attended my LGS casual commander night. I got paired up with three randoms and we all revealed our decks. I was playing Teza Karlov Aristocrats. Player two, the incoming salty player, was playing a five color good stuff Joda Archmage Eternal deck. Player three was playing Olivia Volderon. And finally, player four was playing Shadrix Silver Quill. As the game unfolded, we each built up our board states and became threats to the table. Joda was cheating out big threats. Silver Quill was buffing up his commander and threatening to eliminate a player at any second. And I was working on assembling my combo line with Teza on board. Uh, apparently, the Olivia Volgeron player was doing fucking nothing. So <laughs> <laughs> omitted, omitted from the story. Oh, rip. Finally, the Shadrix player got his commander to a high enough power to deal over 21 damage and declared it attacking Joda. Joda player smirked and cast Ink Shield to prevent all damage and create 21 Inklings, boasting about how he would be killing Shadrix on his next turn. Pretty good. Mm. Running that that Silver Quill tech, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of ironic here. On Voiced theme. by your own fucking petard, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> the Shadrix player passes to me, and I felt a rush of euphoria as I drew my card for the turn. Massacre Worm. It was a no-brainer, and I played it to wipe out all Inklings and deal 84 damage to the Jota player with Teza on board. Because doubling the death figures. Oh, man, that's fucking spicy. He began to lose his mind, yelling and screaming, yelling at me to take it back. What are you doing? I was going to kill Shadrix on my next turn. Why would you do this? I simply replied, because I can kill him myself. (laughs) He threw a full-blown temper tantrum 
crying out about my poor threat assessment and promptly threw all of his stuff in his bag and stormed off. Mm-hmm. I then yeah, proceeded yeah. <laughs> to finish assembling my combo line and drain the rest of the table for the win. The best part of this whole experience was that Shadrick's player being so impressed by the masker worm that he went and bought a copy for himself immediately <laughs> after the game. Yes, yeah. It was honestly a great game. And now I always chuckle to myself whenever I see that masker worm. That's awesome. That's a good one, man. I fucking yeah, love that is a good one. Like <laughs> <laughs> I am always confused by people that like get mad about this. Like, isn't this kind of what you're playing commander for? Like these weird, big blowouty moments. Like yeah. that's one of the main kind of core features of this variety of magic compared to so many other ones. I feel like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It's, it's always surprising when someone sees something that I'm sure they've done something similar to and kind of freaks out about it. Like I love a massacre worm in isolation when it's like, it's happened. It happened once in the game and it's like, cool like you did the thing I, I probably lost a shitload of life because like i always have one once and they're yeah. all over the yeah. place so i definitely got hurt real bad what i dislike more is when it happens again and again and again like i've played with some pages before where they're just fucking the deck is like it was a massacre girl <laughs> deck right it was just yeah. Like, yeah you just fucking do it every three seconds i'm like okay i'll just fuck myself in the corner while this keeps happening <laughs> I, I was uh, in that game i think and that game yeah yeah you were. <laughs> ass, like like they did cool shit but i'm kind of like like so almost to answer your question mike it's kind of like I feel like that's more of the issue with some of these types of effects when they happen like over and over again. And so people like get that in their mind. So like yeah. even it happening once, they just have the bad taste from the past and it's hard to not think that it's going to go there. Hmm. But I I agree with you that like, that is the point of commander, like these fun, big things that happen, like a total shift in the dynamic. Like everyone thinks they're going to die the next turn and then fucking masker worm comes down and you're like, get wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> usually again, I'm usually getting wrecked. So I'm not so happy about it. I wish I was the <laughs> one proclaiming it, but like, it's just not usually my, uh, <laughs> my role in these scenarios, but should we read masker worm here? Yeah, we should. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sweet. So Masker Worm, uh, it is a Phyrexian Worm creature. It's a 6-5. It costs three generic and three black. And it says when Masker Worm enters the battlefield, creatures your opponents control get minus two, minus two until end of turn. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, that player loses two life. And of course, Teza Karlov doubles those death triggers. So instead of losing the 42 life, it was 84 life in the story. I like this because it's a nice little three-act structure. Right. It's got yeah. like rising conflict of like, uh oh, Chadrick's is big. And then it's got like the reversal of like, ha ha, ink shield. And then it has the fucking boom, the third act, the hammer falls. Yeah. yeah. And and like, you know, it's got the whole like pride goth before the fall shit. You you know, yeah. Joda player is like, I got you, and then immediately gets fucking cracked back. It's it's got a lot of dramatic trapping yeah it's very I love nice it. it's even got denouement with like and then i cleared up the rest of the board yeah. it's like yeah. it's great <laughs> it takes then, it home and the happy exactly. ending dude it's got the fucking yeah. happy yeah. ending where they're like and then the rest of us <laughs> smiled about mask worm and yes you know, everybody had a loved it and, yeah everybody yes yeah, clapped but i think that you have a couple options in this situation if you're the joe to play right you can laugh because your perfect play got fucking perfect played so again yeah. R and Jesus mm. just drove your fucking car off the road, just yeah. like rammed you over the cliff. Turnabout is fair play, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's it's funny. It's funny to get got in such a splashy, <laughs> hilarious, perfect really top is. deck way. Yeah. Um, I would say that that 
if you're going to to like perform being upset, whether or not you feel it or not, if you're going to perform being upset, there's actually a good place to do that. It's called CDH. In CDH, if you have resources and you can argue to somebody else at the table, hey, don't fuck with my resources. I'll use them to kill this other player, thus helping you because there will be one fewer player in the game. That's a perfect place to use rhetoric and and like, you know, get a little get a little into it, get a little passionate mm-hmm. about it, try to make yeah. your case. And, and am I work or am I not? And the nice thing about CDH that I love is after you've made that case, it, it's going to play out how it's going to play out. And then you can have a conversation with the person afterwards and be like, mm-hmm. what do we think? Was that right? What was like? Was my art? Did my argument make sense at the time? Did you yep. think it was just bullshit? Did, how do you think that decision played out? What what can we imagine going differently? You can actually kind of dissect it, but in casual, you don't need to do any of that shit because you, again, yeah, you're just looking for silly moments and and surprise and novelty. Like that's mm-hmm. what casual is for. You're you're supposed to look for novel moments and surprises. And CDH, you're not. You're looking for doing the dance well. You're mm-hmm. looking for like doing the choreography really well over and over again as mm-hmm. you get better at it. Um, so it's two different sets of desires, but like, I don't know. I, I can understand Joda being upset because they, sure. they had a perfect play and it got fucking bested immediately. Yeah, they couldn't even bask right in the blow for a turn cycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, like I invite them to laugh, you know, and look at that and be like, life well, ain't a fucking tragedy. It's a farce. Like this is just, <laughs> this is just <laughs> silly. Like, yeah. Yeah, I just I, I got got spectacularly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you said it really well, Ken. It is just a funny, funny moment. The, the funny thing is that like Joda was going to lose to Shadrix, right? So yeah. like if you didn't have that ink shield, you were dead just to commander damage. You had the ink shield, you survived, and then you just died anyways. It didn't like really change your outcome a ton. And maybe that's probably where the salt is coming from. Like you said, feeling like you had the perfect answer and nothing happens. But also, it sounds like this game wrapped up pretty quickly afterwards. Yeah. It was in like that end game the last couple times around mm-hmm. the table. I don't know. People are supposed to lose the game at that point. And hopefully yeah. you go out in a big, splashy way like this. Yes. I think you also nailed it with like identifying the the political part of this being one of the kind of points of contention. Like It seems like this person... Maybe he was upset that they didn't get to make their case for yeah. not playing the massacre yeah, one. You know, sure. like, once it's been cast already and you're like, okay, all my creatures die and I lose, like you don't get that chance to be like, wait, I'll kill him for you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And you feel like, oh, this person made a misplay because I would have told them I would have killed that yes. player for them. Like I could have helped you. And it's like, yeah, you don't need to do that though. You can just skip, skip the confusion yeah. and I'll just win outright. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And I appreciate those social plays like a lot. Like there's probably a world here where you draw the masker worm, you let them kill your opponent, and then you just crush them with the masker worm on your turn. But man, when you get that perfect top deck, it it just solves every problem for you at the table. It's burning a hole in your pocket. You got to slam it. it. When you have your Yugi Moto moment and your fucking heart of the cards (laughs) in, you you need to play that card. Like, yes. Yes, just jam it. I think generally that's a fun philosophy in a hobby, you know, where it's like we only have a (laughs) finite amount of time to do this shit. Like, you get lucky, fuck it, lean in. Like, it's fine. Yeah, enjoy it because those moments are the point. You look for those moments of like, this game is thrilling. I Mm. am thrilled. 
that's why we're doing this fucking shit. Like, yes, we do to kill time and feel like we're, you know, working on our little Lego puzzles or whatever, painting the yellow pants blue to quote 40 year old version. But like, um, but you know, the thrill is good. And yeah. And like, I think that this could have been a situation in which the Jota player was thrilled by their play and thrilled by the master play. Yes. They could have easily gone like, holy fucking shit like that. Yeah. Yep. Like, okay, that was for you got exactly the right card. Like, yeah. hell yeah, that's all right. Have you guys seen the the clip of the Yu-Gi-Oh player that gets hit for a bunch of damage and goes like, ah, ding, 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 ding. Oh, sick. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, like live in that, like live in yes. that getting blown out mode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Theatricality is important. This is a big reason why oh, I yeah. play Kirk Sakashima because a lot of times in a tournament, like, something will ride on a coin flip. It'll be like, all right, if I win this coin flip, we fucking draw the game. Everybody gets a coin, a point. If I lose this shit where we ain't getting a point and I play that shit up, I get everybody to gather around. I fucking roll the die on the floor. Like you look for those moments where you can actually turn it into something that people remember and not just another like, okay, that was, yeah, that was a good game. But like, look for those moments. Those moments are fucking, they're rare. So create them whenever you can. Mm definitely fucking love that mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Amen. i'll ask it one last time even if mike doesn't want me to <laughs> what do we think about the salt rating here man this is like sweet and sour sauce because i know it's salty for somebody but it just tastes so good yeah <laughs> i love it i love everything about this yeah uh-huh. it's like you know how some people have the thing with cilantro where like it tastes yes. bad to them uh, i just That's feel this. bad for them I have it's that. this moment it's like this was actually an awesome moment. And for some reason, this person just like was genetically predisposed. <laughs> yeah. To yeah. Tastes like soap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, that's a gross. I hate that play. It's like, yeah. no, dude, that's awesome. I'll also say this about the salt rating for the Jota player. If you're listening to this, I invite you to consider something. Okay. I, I played a Jota deck for a long time. A very like a modular Jota deck. Lots of good shit. Lots of goofy shit. But it did the thing. Right. It was very consistent. And I invite you to think about this. You sat down at a table with a deck with the highest ceiling. Mm-hmm. You're in five colors. You got a commander that cheat costs. Your deck has the highest ceiling in a casual pod, probably in, in the average pod, particularly when you're playing against lower color decks. So you had the most room to do the most cracked shit. So I would encourage you to keep that in mind when you get got. When you get got by like a perfect card that's more narrow in its design, Mm-hmm. that's funny and you should appreciate that and not just be like oh like whatever my good stuff pile fucking folded to bad threat assessment nah you just a silver bullet just struck you in the fucking heart and now you are dead werewolf so <laughs> like <laughs> this shit just happens and so you know just uh, to bear in mind what you're bringing to the table you know and like we all love a good underdog story and you can love that for your opponents definitely yeah totally. well said and, and something that I would just add that kind of is on theme with what you're saying here Ken is that salt can be funny. Like yeah, that's kind of should, like the yes. entire thesis statement of this fucking podcast is yep. salt can be funny. And generally it is very funny mm-hmm. if you look at it objectively. And I think that's something that we're pretty good at in our play group is like, if this happened to us, someone would probably get salty and then we would all laugh about it. And it would become this moment that we're like talking about the next week. And we're yes. like, holy shit, that moment last night where you top deck the masker worm, like it was crazy, man. Mm-hmm those moments really are what it's all about. Sometimes you get fucking, you know, strip mined on turn one. Yeah. Sometimes mm. you top deck the masker worm and live the dream. Bingo. 
Yeah, and if you stick <laughs> around, if you just keep playing games, both are going to happen. Yeah, you bound know? to happen at some point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just stick it out. You got to gotta stay in the game to get lucky. <laughs> For sure. Well, is it that time of the week? Ooh, let me check. Let me check, Tony. Yes. I think it is that time of the week, Tony. Oh, yeah, but what time is that time? It's the time of the week that comes every week. Like every single fucking week? Like every, every week, right? Week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every week. Love that. It's the time of the week where we say, Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. What's the salty card of the week? Salty card of the week this week. Tell is... me how am I supposed to live without salt? <laughs> That was How Am I Supposed to Live Without You by Michael Bolton. Damn. Oh, no. But you were giving such Bolton vibes, especially with the yeah. fucking, uh, whatchamacallit. My mullet. The mullet. Like, the mullet? Contributes. Oh, yeah. Is, is Michael Bolton like famous for the mullet, or does it just he fit He definitely was rocking a mullet at some point. I've seen, some, or maybe it was just longer hair, but I got the vibes. You, your head dropped back. <laughs> I saw the whimsy in your hair. Yeah. Like, I think a fucking fan got put on you in a moment. Like, And it all you took a was a moment. Me. Yeah. Just one just, moment. <laughs> I can tell a salty song is going to be enjoyable to sing when I come up with it earlier in the day and I just walk around my house and sing it constantly. <laughs> and I just kept singing that line and listening to Michael Bolton like all day. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Sam. That was that was delightful. Thanks, Mike. Uh, the salty card of the week this week is force of negation. Oh, OK. All right. So like it is blue, but yeah. It is one and two blue for an instant. If it's not your turn, you may exile a blue card from your hand rather than pay this spell's mana cost. Counter target non-creature spell. If that spell is countered this way, exile it instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard. How does this one make you feel, Ken? Well, I can't speak to it in a 60-card constructed context that accurately because, I I mean, I've seen it played in Legacy and shit and, Mm -hmm. and cool, right? All good. I can speak to it in a CDH context. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it is a card that I wish I could play. I, I can't really. I've tried to do it, but Clark sometimes just says, "Get fucked, go home, yeah. go to sleep, go to bed, <laughs> retire, quit," and uh, and eats a card and does nothing. So I I don't really play it anymore. I've, I've played it on and off in the deck. I think to me, force negation. Yes, like free spells are inherently strong. That's mm-hmm. you know, and the mm-hmm. downside is can be pretty small. Excellent, a blue card. Who cares? Um, but to me, it feels pretty fair because you can't use it on your turn. So it's only used defensively. That's that, that makes it feel like in terms of free blue counter magic, pretty fucking fair, mm-hmm. pretty like, you know, it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's a, actually a well-balanced counter spell, well-designed counter spell. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, th- I think that this one is a okay by me. I'm never upset to see it. And oftentimes I'm praying that an opponent is holding on to one. Because mm-hmm. if they don't have a fucking force negation <laughs> or something like it, we just lose. Yeah. And I don't want to lose. So, <laughs> right. um, yeah, I'm glad it exists, I think. Nice. Sam, how do you feel about this one? I feel pretty similarly. I, I think this cycle, specifically the force of, is a really well-designed cycle. I really love force of vigor. I think that's like one of my favorites in the cycle, actually. Being able to blow up two things, uh, two enchantments or, or artifacts, is just like super, super powerful. And like you said, Ken, it... it does have a very fair cost in that it is expensive on your turn, it is limited in what it can target, and it also costs an extra mana beyond like the typical classic counter spell. So that is sort of a heavy cost when you think about countering things on your own turn. 
but the fact that it is free on an opponent's turn and still carries the cost of having to pitch a similarly colored card, that's a pretty solid rate. That said, I think that this class of counter spells garners a lot of salt at casual tables. I think we talked about it recently on like a Patreon yeah. episode or something that the hallmark of a blue counter or just a blue control player is two untapped blue mana. And yes. when you when you see none, there is this <laughs> sense of like, I'm good, I'm fine. I'm safe. Especially in like a more casual oriented pod. Mm-hmm. Yes. I could see someone dropping this and being like, man, that's fucking busted. It's like a 30 or $40 card at this point. Maybe it's mm-hmm. it's hit 50 again. And, and I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's not a card that's only meant for CDH, but it is sort of like a signpost of of higher power in general. And I could see people getting salty encountering this in lower power games. And then it also has that element of like exclusivity because it is expensive. And for a lot of people, you know, a 20, 30, $40 card is like, you know, that needs to be like a linchpin card in your deck. And yeah. to have it be like, hey, it's one piece of interaction that I'll just toss away is sort or, of... Or borderless, Sam, right? If it's like, if you want it to look pretty. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, or borderless. But yeah. but that I, I think that that carries a lot of salt for for a lot of players out there. But for me, I'm cool with it. You know, we, we generally just see it in CDH in our pod. So it, it's never ruffled my feathers. And I think the fact that it exiles is also dope. And I always forget it. And it's wicked powerful. Yeah, totally. Well, Tony, how about you? Yo, fuck these cards. You know why I fucking hate these cards? <laughs> because I fucking hate blue. And are you on wearing occasion, your blue as a You're trash wearing. Color? You're literally wearing I'm literally blue wearing and sitting right on now, a blue trail. Oh, no, look, fuck. look, look at oh, the does actual it say shirt. Blue is a trash no, color. Yeah, what does this say? Tony, Tony, put your shirt on camera. What does it say? This says blue is a trash color for trash. <laughs> I mean, I know this about myself, so you're not telling me any fucking thing new, buddy. I know is wearing Most the blue players do. But <laughs> my problem is, like, occasionally I'll play blue, and occasionally I will have counters and stuff, when, like CDH decks and stuff. And I, I have countered more things that I can't counter than I have countered things that I can actually fucking counter. Because all these stupid fucking cards say like slightly different bullshit on them. And I'm like, just fucking let it happen. Like, what the fuck? I thought I was supposed to be in blue and just tell you you can't play magic. Then every time they're like, oh, you can't fucking do that. I'm like, well, fuck me. Why is this card even in the deck? So true. We talked about this the other day. Mike had a theory that the reason why Tony hates blue and hates counterspells so much is that he doesn't read them and he thinks that they can just counter everything and then yeah. when he goes to gas he was like he was trying to like swan song like a creature the other day and we're like he can't oh, cool. yeah, yeah. fluster storm and enchantment oh, and he was like he's like what yeah. the fuck why am i even playing this card and we're like because it's good it's just not right now <laughs> yeah, it's like so so uh, awesome <laughs> mike you how do you feel I, about this one yeah yeah i'm curious oh, oh no that- go ahead ken no, no, no. Go for it, Mike. I'm curious. And then I, I have a, I have some, I, we got to dive into this blue. I got to do some yeah. blue psychotherapy on you. <laughs> oh, Tony. I'm going to, I'm going to fucking, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Today. Don't worry about it. No, it, it is so real though. Like, I, I think I agree with really what all of you said, which is, I think it's nice. fair because it's got so many of these restrictions and yet yeah. it's also very powerful. Like it, it's only free maybe on not your turn like and you still have to pitch a card like there are all these restrictions it only hits non-creatures it does get this little nice extra thing of it exiles it i like it a lot i have been salty because like ken said it's sat in my hand a lot 
and Mm -hmm. not done what I needed it to do just because I'm often on like five color piles and I just don't have that extra blue card and it's super frustrating and I can't hard cast it because I don't have those two blue sources lying around. So it is one of those cards where you first look at it and you're like, what the hell? And then in practice, it actually is a lot more balanced. So Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't really get me salty seeing it on the other side, but it, it does get me salty when I can't cast it when I want to. Yeah, that makes sense. Everyone's favorite question. Where does it lie on the list, Mike? Ooh. Well, you guys get to guess that. Mm-hmm. So of the top hundred, Sam, do you want to start us off? Um, Let's see. So I, I got a... <laughs> what'd, what'd you say? Thank you, Tony. <laughs> I said 37. 37. 37. <laughs> All right. Um, so the, typically those are like casual players voting on yep. salty EDH rec list and casual players know that blue fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that this cause is like higher salt, I think in casual pods, but I don't think it's absolutely crazy. I'm going to guess, let's keep our theme of tight margins here. Uh, let me, give me a 42 there, Mike. Oh, you're such a slut. <laughs> well, thank you. That's a compliment. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go a little higher only because I think that I don't know. My working theory with this guess, which is 63, is that this is not seen often enough to crack past below 50. Mm, that that's yep. my that's my guess. But I could be wrong. So but mm. I, fuck it. We'll live I, or die I like the logic. By the guess I like it. So Should have been 69, but I know I, I thought about it, but <laughs> I'm competitive and I wanted to get it right more than I wanted to be funny. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> to my detriment. Unfortunately, 69 was a more competitive answer because it's 73. Wow. Hey. Ken still takes it. Beep, 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 beep. Hey, yeah. I think this is our first, is the first guess, guess who's win? won. Yeah. Oh yeah, Think let's so. go. Oh fuck. Well, that makes me feel unbelievably good. Can you <laughs> you have truly earned your prospector license this day? Yeah. It's a success. <laughs> it happened in this moment. Yeah. <laughs> so there is a special little bonus game here. Uh, and I'm sorry, Ken, you, you can't play this bonus game. That's so okay. it's a little rude. But the game is Correct. when was the last time that Ken's Krakashima list? modified the status of if Ooh. force of negation was in it baby oh, oh i love this what a funny game godspeed <laughs> y'all no googling that shit yeah uh tony do you want do you want me to go first since yeah. you fell on the sword for the other one <laughs> i absolutely do <laughs> um i'm gonna guess it was Ooh, i'm trying i think how Wait, about... are we giving an iteration or are we giving a Time, yeah, do you a want time, time period. You want a a, yeah, it's, I want a time. Man, I'm trying to remember when. Um, five I, months ago, we took it out. <laughs> five? Okay. Yeah. See, this is what happens every time. Tony just gets impatient. That's <laughs> why I can't play blue. I can't play blue because I'm impatient. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that is I can't true sit there with like fucking counters in my hand. You drop it the first time you can. I'm like, get this shit out of my hand. Like, <laughs> you, know, you can't play your fucking soul ring. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say it was 10 months ago. And my justification is I'm trying to think back to when an offer you can't refuse got really popular. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a moment where you might have cut it. Uh, but there's also like stern scolding that people were kind of hot on for a minute earlier this year. I don't know. I think those could potentially be crook cards. 
who knows what you got there, Mike? Ken, do you want to do the honors and give the answer sure. on this one? Yeah, grateful. Thank you for the question. It's so fun. That was some fun. Six days ago. Six <laughs> fucking days ago. Six days, I fucking win. <laughs> we both lose. We both lost so hard no, there, I Tony. fucking win. This is fucking Price of Right shit. Like, <laughs> I am We closest. both went over so much. We're not close. I, it's like we're the same fucking person, man. Like, I knew. I fucking knew. Oh, six man. days ago that's fucking six hilarious days. yeah it's, it was fresh <laughs> on my mind when that came up as the salty car i was like oh god damn that's uh, yeah <laughs> yeah that's i know pointless. i've thought that's about this car too much <laughs> <laughs> that is really interesting six days ago damn yeah i change my shit all the time and and like i try to maintain like since it's a primer list and a lot of people look at it and that's how a lot of folks find the deck i try to maintain a list that feels balanced enough to what i might kind of anticipate as being like a general meta insofar yeah. as that can exist it doesn't mm -hmm. anywhere but like kind of guessing it averages and then sometimes cards like that i just try them for a while and then they fucking burn me again and again i'm like no i can't actually in good faith recommend this like maybe yeah. i could make it work given my play patterns but no fucking way this card's just gonna feel shitty to a lot yeah. of people and so we gotta we gotta get rid of it and that was on that was one of the cards on the chopping block lately mm -hmm. very interesting i i also think it's like the hallmark of a really deep CDH brewer to askew the typical staples and be like, well, this card actually isn't good in my build. And these are the reasons why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and that's the shit you need to have in your primer, man, because right. there's so many times where I'm like, hey, this deck's missing fucking pact negation. I'll just throw that shit in. Like, yeah. Like lazy brewers eyes just glaze over as they look <laughs> over all the free counter spells. They're like, yeah, yes. those are all supposed to be in there. Yeah. Those of are course. great, man. Yeah. Yep. You know what? Fuck it. I've got a big section in my primer called Have You Considered? And it is every single time somebody has asked me that question, have you considered this card? Have you considered that card? <laughs> we, like everybody in the card discord compiled all those questions and I keep a big running list so That's that if awesome. anybody has that question, we can just be like, oh, cool. We got, boom, answered right in the primer right here. And I recently deleted Force Negation because I put, put it back in the deck. Now I got to add the fucking entry back mm, and not reminding go. me. So I'm going to do it mm. literally right now. And I'm going <laughs> to shout, I'm going to shout out the podcast. Too. Dude, you actually, you, you guys. So what was it called? You had like the council of Karkashima at yeah. some point, right? So yeah, we've had a, like we've had a couple like... of Krark summits. That's what we call yes, them. And Krark summits, summits so were good. times in which we had as many people in the discord wanted to join a voice call. And we would hash out the deck. We'd build it from the ground up again. We'd be like, fuck it. Throw out all the assumptions. What have you found to be great? What have you found to be good? What have you found to be bad? And let's just try to build as much consensus as we can, truly, mm -hmm. like democratically. And so we've done this twice now. The first conversation was four hours long. The second conversation was five and a half hours long. <laughs> and Damn, we, we had spreadsheets and everything. We And the the nice thing about it was it really, I mean, A, it was just fun to bullshit with a bunch yeah. of like-minded people. But B it really did help kind of solidify like a core, you know, first time it was like 92 cards everybody agreed on. It was crazy. Yeah. It was mm -hmm. like, damn, that's awesome. And then the second time it was less, I think it was between like 70 and 85, but we still managed to be like, yeah, no matter what version of the deck you build, if you're playing a CDH deck, try these core cards. Like they're, mm -hmm. they're not going to, we know now empirically they ain't going to lead you astray. They're going to be yeah. good. And then after that, it's a fucking recipe. Season it to your taste. Season it to, you know, yeah. your local environment. That, Make man. it work for you. Exactly. You're taking notes for the Marath Discord, uh, Sam? I am, dude. We're, we're going to have a Marath Summit. There'll be fucking six of us in there, bro. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
No, shout out to the Marath Discord. Love all you guys. A bunch of them listened, which is great. <laughs> I love that. I, I saw this. I forget where it was. I don't know if you posted about it somewhere or something, but I, I saw a notification about that. And then I like happily naively went into the the Sisse Discord, which is my like mainstay CDH deck. And I was like, guys, did you see what the Kurokashima players are doing? We should do that. And people were like, no, it's impossible. Like it's five color. Like yeah. you're, that's a dumb Get idea. Bent, we shouldn't dude. do that. And I like dejectedly <laughs> left and like didn't really engage in the in the channel and came back two months later and they had done it. Oh my god! No, I I was. It was heartbreaking. Wow, (laughs) that is you know shame on them for rejecting a good idea. But but I'm glad that came around to and realized that yeah, it turns out when you put a bunch of fucking smart people in the room and ask them, let's talk through this shit, you'll Mm. come up with good ideas. Trust the community. Decks are communities. They're not Mm. attached to any one group. A deck is a community of people. Especially in fucking wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, trust people's wisdom. Ask for context. This shit matters. Also, like, huge shout out to commander-specific discords, especially for CDH, because I think a lot of people go to, you know, the various resources that are out there, like the Decklist Database is a classic one. The new thing that Eminence is doing, EDH Top 16, is a great way to see, like, tournament results and what decks are doing well. But a lot of people will see a list and be like, oh, a list is this. And I think that is a good starting point. But if you really want to be brewing, if you really want to be like innovating and talking about that shit, that stuff happens in those discords. Yeah. All, all those deck changes that you see in the decklist database are usually coming out of these community discussions about like what is good and what is bad. And there aren't a ton of people jamming in Marath right now. We we do have some pretty active people, but we still have those conversations crop up from time to time, especially around spoiler season. Something new comes up and you're like, is this a card for my deck yeah. like that classic shtick i think from mind sculptors is this an agila card yep you can have that conversation and and really dig into it so if you're out there and you want to brew cdh like my recommendation is find a discord for a commander you like and and don't brew in a vacuum because a bunch of other people have probably already thought about that shit that you're thinking about right now and can like help guide you through it Yes, yes. And discords are awful places to store information historically. They're they like dog shit. Like it really makes me wish for the days of forums. But they're a great place to have kind of active conversations in short terms. And then they're a great place to get everybody piling into a fucking chaos voice yeah. chat and <laughs> <Yeah>. just hashing <laughs> that shit out. <laughs> and so, you know, use them for their strengths and try not to. I really encourage people like Try not to get too frustrated by not being able to find what you need in Discord just because the search function is not super powerful. Instead, look at primers for long-term evergreen knowledge Mm -hmm. and then use Discord to ask specific questions or come up with some new theories or some things to try out. Definitely. I really wish you weren't a blue apologist because you're so well-spoken. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, hey, maybe it has something to do with playing blue. I don't know. Shut the fuck up. That's true. I'll take it back. I don't know. I think I'll actually amplify the volume on what Kenji said. <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate that, Tony. That's very kind. <laughs> well, I, I think we may have kind of roundabout skipped it. I'm just going to drop this in here so Sam has the sound bite. That wraps it up for the salty card of the week. Thanks for yeah. playing. <laughs> yeah, nice. Thank you, Mike. That was a lovely salty card. And thank you, Ken, for joining us this week in the Howling Salt Mine. My pleasure. This was a blast. Love y'all. Thanks for having me. Nice to finally 
meet you, Tony and Mike, and and kind of put the whole crew together in my mind. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I can get out to where y'all are at ASAP and we can jam some games in real life. And you know what? I would love to. Tony, for you, I'll play my non-blue CDH deck. Wow. Oh, no, you, oh, I want you to play Garnish. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I want to see it. <laughs> I love that deck. And Ken, where can the prospectors find you if they want more Ken content? Plug yeah. what you got. What's What are you brewing on right now? Yeah, you got it. So probably the best way to like chat with me is through Twitter. I post shit on there far too often. KenBauman.com is my website. You can see kind of what projects I've worked on in the past, what I'm working on currently there. Talk with me on Twitter. Feel free to email me directly. I love having conversations with folks online, particularly one-on-one. Love that. Um, and upcoming for me, I've got my fantasy novel, Blood's Hiding is going to come out probably around December. We're just waiting on a cover art from a, a lovely, talented illustrator. I'm stoked for that, man. Worked in Magic the Gathering, which is super, Ooh. super cool. And I am currently also working on a secret book. I can't disclose the details about really, but I have alluded to it in various ways on Twitter. Mm. Maybe might have something to do with a video game maybe something mm, like that wow. a particularly popular video game of late mm. and so i'm working on that and that will come out probably in the next couple of years and that's that's the current project and then yeah if you want to talk to me about magic cdh in particular hit me up on twitter jump in the crook discord it's a really friendly place um really helpful a lot of folks who wind up passing through or coming through and staying often have very nice things to say about it and saying it's like it's one of the most wholesome servers i've found and like you know we try to we try to keep it pretty nice pretty positive in there and pretty constructive you don't tell people to fucking leave when you shout an idea out and then do the idea in a month yeah yeah lol fucking get good try again (laughs) yeah no no we we, you know because i i'm of the belief that cdh is nowhere near solved and i think statistically that's just that's just where we're at and that's just what the math is so Let's lean into that shit. That means we get to experiment. So that that's a fun thing. That's not a bad thing. Let's 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 figure it out together. Hell yeah, dude. Totally. Well said. Hell yeah. Well, awesome, Ken. Appreciate it. Thank you. We'll have all of Ken's links and things like that in the show notes. So definitely, definitely check it out and chat with Ken on Twitter. He's he's just like always putting these interesting, like thought experiment kind of things up, having people comment, chat about stuff. It, it's just a good time. I dig it. Thank you. And if you prospectors out there want more Howling Salt Mine content, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Howling Salt Mine. We have our monthly extra salt series. We have stray grains coming out pretty much weekly, every sometimes two a week. Who knows? They fall into the stream randomly. That's our short form content that we do. All of the little tangents from the show that don't make the final cut. We preserve those and deliver them to you. I think at this point we have like 30 of them up and I have like 10 more in the bank. There's a lot of them out there. So if you want more Howling Salt Mine content in your life, check it out. And we also have a thriving Discord community. Tons of fun. We're playing monthly game nights with the patrons last Thursday of every month. Generally speaking, we shift them around when we got life things going on. Like Tony's going to be getting married. So I think the next one's just me and Mike. Also, check out our website, thehowlingsaltmine.com or howlingsaltmine.com. We are inconsistent with the use of the. So our website should do that too. Uh, you can submit salty <laughs> stories to us through that. If you don't want to submit them just through like DMs or a Gmail. And you can also buy custom Howling Salt Mine Dragon Shield sleeves right now, uh, which are selling like hot cakes. And that's really cool to see that people are interested in having that shit. Also, check out our bonfire store. We talked about Tony's Blues of Trash Color for Trash Players shirt. 
and hoodie that he also has behind him. So if you want to wear two pieces of clothing with the same Howling Salt Mine motto on them, you can also do that with a simple <laughs> click of a button. Also, if you want to support the podcast in a different way, something that you can do that really helps us out a lot is giving us a five-star review in your favorite podcast app of choice. For small creators like us, that is something that elevates us in the algorithm and it helps people find us a little bit more randomly. It might get suggested if they listen to something similar. So that is really, really useful for small creators. And lastly, we got to shout them out. We do it every week. Our amazing podcast artist, J.D. Burnett, for gifting us this beautiful podcast art that we love so much. If you're ever in Asheville, North Carolina, hit him up and get a tattoo. He's a really awesome dude. 10,000 subscribers are bust. Hell yeah. That's when we'll all get those matching tattoos. Right, Mike? Wow, Mike just did a huge thumbs up yes. Yeah, and I saw him like, shake his head like so yeah. aggressively. He's like, yeah. fuck yeah. I yeah. can't imagine what else I'd want to do with my life. Yeah, yeah, I like that. We have to change our tactics, Tony. This is when we say Tony and I are going to go get tattoos <laughs> and Mike is going to get left out and regret it for the rest of his life. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. I'm going to be like the body double for Gimli who like didn't go to the after party and regrets Yo! it. To this day. <laughs> <laughs> oh so good well thanks again everybody and thanks again ken for stopping by in the howling salt mine it was a pleasure dude thank you my pleasure and as always stay salty and don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step it's the howling salt Dude, it's so fucking hot and humid today. I just mm. know, I just know that I'm gonna be like completely soaking by the time we do our second episode. <laughs> stopping, just living in the swamp ass. Just stopping. Like. Oh yeah, yeah. Swamp <laughs> body, dude. It'll be swamp <laughs> body. It'll go so far beyond the ass. <laughs> so gonna be brutal so far beyond the ass like i can't even handle it oh (laughs) shit (laughs) it's a good that's a good i hopefully ken heard that (laughs) i caught the last little bit there i missed it what did i miss okay oh you've got you got the four channel situation going on right now yeah hell yeah hell yeah but Zoom just does it, so we're not that. Oh, good, it, but like, good, good. I mean, <laughs> Zoom gives it to us that way. I mean, <laughs> no, for sure. But like, <laughs> we did have to click a toggle to get the four, so <laughs> we like, did. we're we're a little bit talented, you know. Kind not of everybody dude. clicks the toggles. Like, and it's it's true, that man. Probably which puts is you true. About like ninety-eight percent of humanity, yeah, you know, what yeah. I mean? like wouldn't <laughs> click the toggle, but y'all did. Congratulations. Uh, that's so that. sadly true. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we're also spending like three to six hours editing an hour-long yeah. podcast so oh, yeah. you know so yep. that puts us below like <laughs> 95 <laughs> I, I do respect the people that just record it bookend it with an intro and outro and they're like it's fucking That's good laugh bonkers. up bonkers. <laughs> there's a freedom with that that i just we, we just have. do not have yeah i mean but y'all that's why y'all show sounds as good as it does because you're actually doing the doing the work I appreciate uh, watch out. if you yeah. say that too many more times the sam's whole face is just going to be the whole screen <laughs> and we'll just continue to expand it's very true <laughs> don't give me too many words of affirmation i'll okay uh... I'll, I'll dole them out appropriately yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm used to these kind of conversations you know 
Yeah, seems like yeah. seems like they pop up in the howling salt mine vernacular. It's there's <laughs> body talk. Let me they hear do. your body talk. It's <laughs> happening. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about about like nether regions on the show for some reason. You know, that's okay. That's all I right. I think it's just because like wieners and butts are funny. You know what that, I mean? That too. That too. That's very true. Wieners and butts are funny. <laughs> I can get Mike, behind that. Yeah, yeah. Mike, you came at the perfect time. I surely did. <laughs> This is this is a little glimpse of what it's like to be, you know, best friends with Tony. I'm aggressive. <laughs> I, I, I respect it again. I, and business partners with Tony. I come from a family of people who like to be very loud and like to not give up arguments. It's just the Italian American yeah, way. It's so the New Jersey I, in me. So yeah. So when I yeah. see it, I'm like, all right, yeah, let's do it. It's easy. <laughs>